Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. We are living in an era of relativism. Relativism often creates confusion. And confusion is prevalent in many areas of our society, even this day. I'll be preaching on a subject called a biblical church, what a biblical church should be according to the Word of God. But there's a tremendous confusion out there on this matter. Everyone thinks as long as you get it together as a group is a church. In this neighborhood, there are two Buddhist temples. Both are called churches. One is called Gardena Buddhist Church, right here. And the other one is called Concord Church of Gardena, up the road. They are not biblical churches, obviously. They are Buddhist temples. They chose to call themselves as churches. So there is a tremendous confusion. Okay, what is a biblical church? It's a very simple question. But it demands an answer, clear answer from the Word of God but it can be a very difficult subject to uh, many, even Christians. So this morning, hopefully, that the, uh, we'll have a much better understanding of what a biblical church should be as we build the church together as a group. There's some distinctives. What is a biblical church? It's an institution that is very distinctive, very unique, and it is very different from every other institution on earth because this church is bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 28 says, the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Our church is bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and church as a group of Christians, born-again, saved Christians, it's a church that is purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not only that, a biblical church is brought under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.18 says, And he's the head of the body, the church, that in all things he might have the preeminence. We are here to glorify the name of Jesus Christ this morning. That's the primary purpose for us being here, to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. It's the number one purpose, it's the primary purpose of existence to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are here for different reasons, perhaps, but the primary purpose should be to glorify the name of Jesus Christ because the church, at least the biblical church, is the one that is brought under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Another distinctive, a biblical church must be built by his grace. Matthew 16, 18 says, upon this rock, what did Jesus say? I will build my church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So church is going to be built by his grace. He's the one who is going to build our church. 
because he said, I will build my church. So church is very different. It's unique. It's distinctive. And unless you and I have a better understanding of what a biblical should be, that may hinder your growth as a Christian as well. So just because you are here does not mean you are actually building a biblical church here. Okay. So let's get to the Bible and see how we should build together a biblical church. A biblical church is built by connecting people to Jesus Christ. That's how it begins. By connecting people to Jesus Christ, that's how we build a biblical church together. The Bible says in verse 21, testifying both to Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God. Repentance was the first message of John the Baptist. Repentance was the first message of Christ himself. Repent. The kingdom of God is here. Yeah. The repentance toward God. We are not here to make you a better person. That comes with salvation. But that's not primary purpose. Uh, the church exists for you. Okay. We are not here to make better moral persons in the society. That's not the purpose. Repentance is not reformation. It's never meant to be reformation. It's not simply reforming you to be a better person that you may continue on living your life. That's not repentance. Bible speaks about repentance when it means transformation in Christ. It's a directional change. You go by one direction, then there's a U-turn and you're completely changed and that's transformation and that's what repentance is all about. Repentance is a change of heart that brings a change in your life. You are going one direction. You are living for yourself. Now with salvation, with repentance, you have completely turned around and you are taking a different direction. There has to be a transformational change. That's what repentance is all about. Just because you walked into a church building, that does not mean you're a Christian. Just because you said a Lord's Prayer once, that does not mean you're a Christian. Just because your parents are Christian, that does not mean you're Christians. There has to be a definite repentance in your heart. You're going one direction, this is the, the direction to hell, and the lake of fire is waiting, you are under judgment of God, but you have chosen to take a different route. There's a 180-degree directional change. And the Bible says very clear in Romans chapter 12, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed by the power, by the renewing of your mind. For what purpose? That you may prove what a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. Now, you're living basically for your life in the past. Now, you are supposed to prove with your life, with your repentance, that what is that perfect will of God is for you. And that's not going to happen unless there's repentance. There's a tremendous confusion. Repentance? Yeah, I, 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 I come to church on Sunday mornings. That's not repentance. 
that may be a result of repentance. Yeah. You read the Bible occasionally, so you may say, oh, I'm a, I'm a repentant person. You're not. There are a lot of theologians out there without salvation, still have a knowledge of the Word of God. Repentance means something totally different, and repentance is something that is required for salvation. You may not use the word repentance, but there has to be a change, realization that you are under condemnation of God on your way to hell, but now you have chosen to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and now you're saved, and you are longer living for the devil, but you are living for the Lord himself. That's a transformational change. Don't be wishy-washy about salvation. Either you are saved or you're not. It's very clear. Yeah. Don't be wishy-washy about your salvation. It's very important. Make sure that you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and proclaim it and live like a Christian every day. And the Bible says you're connecting through repentance. Also, the Bible says you're connecting through Faith, verse 21, if you read it. Also the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. What is faith? I know what faith is. Without faith, you cannot please God. If that is your mental knowledge, that's not real faith. Faith is something you should practice every day. It's not your knowledge. Yes, knowledge comes from the Bible, yes. You need the knowledge to be wise to act. But faith is an active verb. Faith is something you practice every day. You come to church on Sunday morning because you have demonstrated your faith. Now, you could have chosen to do something else on Sundays. You can do that. You can go down to the beach, go to the park. You can do a lot of things you can do on Sunday mornings, but you have chosen to come to the church on Sunday morning by coming. You are demonstrating your faith. You read a scripture. By reading the scripture, you are demonstrating your inner faith. So seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, the Bible says. That's our priority. Seek ye first his, his kingdom, his righteousness, then what all these things shall be added unto you. So by demonstrating your faith, you are saying, I'm a faithful person. And the Bible speaks about repentance to God, faith towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A lot of people think they are so faithful in their heads. Anybody can be faithful in their heads. Yeah. I can quote the scripture. I can read the scripture. I can do a lot of things to say that I'm faithful. But the real question is, what are you doing about it? When is the last time you take a stand for faith? When is the last time you pray for something only God can deliver? When is the last time you do something great for God? Oh, I'm coming Sunday morning. Great. I went to Sunday morning, Sunday evening, I went Wednesday night, Tuesday night visitation, I went Saturday morning soul wedding. That was the week after my salvation. 
I got saved on Sunday evening at the YMCA building, a small church up in Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia. I got saved on Sunday evening, and I was out at the church Tuesday evening for visitation. I was out Wednesday night. I was out for Saturday mo Sunday morning, uh, soul wedding, Saturday morning. Then I was out for Sunday morning, Sunday evening. I had to spend about six or seven hours in the afternoons that I may attend the evening service. That's how we were brought up as Christians, say, 30, 40 years ago. But things have changed. People come on Sunday mornings and drag their bodies out and come to Sunday morning and say, oh yeah, I'm faithful. I've demonstrated my faith for the week. God should be thankful for my behavior. Pooey. We have changed. The society has changed. The world has changed. That's the Bible said, be not conformed to this world. Do not blend with the world. Do not blend with the worldly people. Unless you are willing to be separated. Be separate, say the Lord. You're not going to make much difference. Yeah, you're not going to lose your salvation if you're truly saved. But God's grace. You're not going to lose your salvation. But you will regret when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We connect people through Christ, sorry, through repentance, through faith, then we connect people through the gospel. Verse 24 says, I finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Romans 1.16 says, it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's the power of God. Gospel is the changing agent. The Bible is the one that causes changes in your lives. Unless you know the truth, unless you know the power of the gospel, you know life is not going to change. You know that. The word of God. Lamp unto your feet, and it's light unto your path. That gives you a direction. It shows me my immediate steps to take, because it's my lamp. But it's a light unto my path. It shows me my light, the direction I should be going. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God that gives the direction. It's the Word of God that gives me power. The Word of God that saves me. Unless we saturate ourselves with the Word of God, not much change is going to happen. That's why we must connect Christ through the Gospel. About 100 years ago, April the 14th, 1912, Titanic sank. We all about the story of how Titanic sank. Over 1,500 people died who could have been saved. You know what happened? There was a ship called Californian within seven miles from Titanic. They just avoided an iceberg. And that ship starts sending warning signals to Titanic. There is an iceberg, so be careful. There is an iceberg nearby. But ignored. Second message, again ignored. After several tries, 
Titanic got mad and said, okay, shut up, you guys. We don't need this kind of warning. We're okay. And within a few minutes, Titanic hit the iceberg and starts sinking. When that happened, California, the, the ship was only seven miles away. That ship could have come and rescued all the passengers there. But guess what Titanic did? They sent flares, right, when something happens. Red flares means emergency. White flare means everything okay. Don't come, basically. Guess which flare they used? White flares. There were people dying. There's a ship waiting to rescue. But because of some silly mistake, because of white flares, they simply stayed away from the sinking ship. And because of that, more than 1,500 people died back in 1912. But the point is, they could have been saved. They could have been rescued. That applies to each one of us, by the way. There are warnings everywhere to be saved. Yes, you can trust the Lord even this day. Yes, you can make your connection with God through repentance and faith. It's a gift. It's salvation. It's by grace of God. All of us. God wants all of us to be saved. And yes, if you're not saved today, if you're not connected to Christ this morning, you can wait. You can wait for more warnings to come. But that's not going to happen. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of grace. You must. Today's the day of acceptance. When there's a conviction within your heart, you must accept that. Lord, I do not know what's happening, but there's a conviction in my heart. I want to do something about this and just to lead me. And God will lead you to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you simply take that first step of faith. So when we build a biblical church, we do not simply invite people to come and fill the auditorium. We are here to connect people to Christ. That's the first post on the wall. Come to Christ or connect to Jesus Christ. That's what we try to do. Lead everyone to salvation. Then baptize, be a part of a group, and try to build a biblical church together. So in order to build the, a biblical church, we must be connected to Jesus Christ to begin with. Then secondly, we must be connected through Christ, in Christ, to grow or to become mature. By growing in Christ, we are building a biblical church together. Verse 27 says, Apostle Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. All the counsel of God. And we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. What is 
the Word. I mean, we, uh, we grow in His Word to begin with. If you are filling the blanks here, there will be the Word. His Word is the uh, next. Yeah. We grow in His Word. What is His Word? The Word is basically light. Every one of us is given the light of creation. Yeah, we, we can see that. Everyone is given the light of conscience. We can feel that. Yeah. And some of us are given the light of Scripture. And we need that light. There's a way you can accumulate that light. God will give you some light to begin with. Now we, we know the creation and conscience and all that. And God will give you some light from the scripture. So you heard something from the word, word of God. To, let's say uh, repentance. Unless you practice what you heard today, do not expect God will give you more light. God is not a fool. God gave you one, but you are not practicing it. You are failing to practice what you know. And God is not going to give more until you are willing to take the first step of faith. When you do that, God will give you more light. As you continue to walk in submission, God will continue to give you more light. That's how you grow in his word. You may say, I'll read the scripture right from Genesis to Revelation and then I'll be knowledgeable, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll know what to do, I'll grow and I'll become mature. No way. No way. You may, you may acquire some knowledge of the Bible, yes, which is good itself, but you're not going to grow that fashion. A child does not grow that way. A child is born, it takes time for grow, uh, to, to grow, and a lot of steps that the child needs to take before it becomes a mature adult person. Same thing with Christianity. It takes time, and there's a way how you can grow in faith. And that is what is called submission. And you don't want to submit. I don't want to submit sometimes. We still have the human nature, we still have the sinful nature, and we refuse to submit in many ways. Does that mean that? No, no. We all know what it's all about. We have read the scripture, we have seen some light. Yeah, we know, but we simply do not practice. That's why you're just in a, in a cesspool. You're not growing anymore. You are there. Basically, you're basically there, and the five years ago, ten years ago, you have not really matured. Why? You have not practiced what God has already given you as light. And that's why we do discipleship classes. That's why we do personal QTs. That's why we do personal daily readings. All this will help, help us to grow in faith. But unless you and I are willing to take the first step of faith... Then, God will give you more light, give you more, will give you more. 
All Scripture, or the Word of God, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, which is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, to reprove us, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Oh, I can be a perfect person in Christ. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That's what the Word of God can do to us. Yes, it will make us perfect. God said, I'm, I'm holy, I'm perfect, to so be perfect as I am perfect. That's not going to happen in this life, I understand that. But the Word of God will cause us to be mature. Bob Jones Sr., the founder of the Bob Jones University in South Carolina, he used to say, education without God makes men clever devils. Yeah. Education without God. God makes men clever devils, yes. We know more than what we need to know, really. It's not the lack of knowledge that the, we, uh, we, we, we cry about, should be crying about. We know enough knowledge of the Bible. The question is, we simply do not practice what we already know. Yeah, so write it down, make a list. What are the things I don't practice that I know I should? Start crossing one off. Yes, I'll go to Sunday morning, Sunday evening, or during the week, or whatever. Make that, listen, try to be submissive to the law before you know it. You'll be a much better person, much mature person, and the Word of God will direct you even much higher, higher heights of faith as well. The churches are filled with spiritual babies today. They think salvation is easy. Yes, it is easy because God provided uh, as a gift but we all know not all roads lead to heaven. Joel Austin says something different. So did Billy Graham. But the, uh, all roads do not lead to heaven. Only way, I, Jesus, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one cometh unto God but by me. So Jesus is the only way. Unless you know Jesus Christ's personal Savior, you are not saved. Just because you went to a Billy Graham crusade and you walked down the aisle and said, had a prayer and the, uh, praised the Lord, all this, that does not mean you are saved. But if you are truly connected to Jesus Christ, yeah, you must grow in faith, but the first step is you must grow in His Word. Not only that, we all need to grow through faith. Pardon me, pardon me, I missed the uh, In his word and in his grace, in his grace. I take that as the um, leading of the Holy Spirit. I know without the influence of the Holy Spirit, I cannot do anything. I cannot be mature. But with the word of God, with the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can all grow in faith in His grace. It takes time. And Bible says in verse 32, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. Yes, it will help you to build up. 
And 2 Peter chapter 3 says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Not only just the knowledge about Jesus Christ, grow in grace. And to be gracious, you and I really need to come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Word of God. Without that, we're not going to grow in Christ. And when we do that, we come under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We grow under His leadership. And verse 28 says, The Holy Ghost has made overseers to feed the church of God. And by doing this, we try to be more like Jesus Christ. That's our kind of permanent logo here. Be more like Jesus. We be saved, connected. We disciple. Then we serve. And by doing that, we become more like Jesus Christ. And by doing this, we are building a biblical church together. That's the kind of a flow here. And to grow, I need the Word, I need His grace, and I need His leadership. Then thirdly, to build a biblical church, we serve through Jesus Christ. I'm skipping some points, but the uh, verse, verse 19 says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. We must serve with humility. What is humility? Be a doormat. We have a doormat right there. What do you do with the doormat? You wipe your feet, right? You clean your shoes, wipe your feet. Basically, that's how we should serve each other. Brother, I'll be your doormat. I'm at your service with humility. Let me know what I can do for you. I'll be your doormat. That's humility. Christ could have come as king. Christ could have come to earth in a different fashion but he chose to be a servant. The lowest, lowest in society. And he chose to die. 